Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a solo podcast with me today. Just going to muse about what the legacy is that you want to leave in your family, in your community, in your partnership, in the world. Now, it's interesting because of the way that capitalism and sort of Western American consumerism has framed what it means to be alive and have a life. Most of us were indoctrinated into a certain frame of what it means to be alive, what existence even is from the time when we were children. And it may have not included this idea of what is the legacy that you want to leave? What do you want to contribute to this soup of humanity? What role do you want to take? Do you want to be a leader? Do you want to work behind the scenes? Do you want to be an artisan? Do you want to be a supporter? So most of us were given like this very general kind of run of the mill. Um, go get your dreams made, come true, make some money. And whatever it is, right, it could have been within the frame of money being the most important aspect of your existence or making money, which is essentially our ancestors passing down this idea of survival, which is so beautiful and it's so real and it's so true. There's nothing wrong with our parents or grandparents passing down this idea that to survive and to have food and shelter is of utmost importance in our lives. And this is still, you know, something that we all encounter at our day-to-day when we're budgeting, when we're considering, do I have my basic needs met? But within, I think, the vast majority of our indoctrination, I don't know if we got this question from our families, from our communities, of what is, what is it that you really want to leave on this planet? What's the mark that you want to make? I generally think it was around, what do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? Versus what do you want to give with your gifts? It's very different. What do you want to be? Like telling a bunch of little kids, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And saying it within this framework of super capitalism, not within a spiritual framework, right? Where it could be really different if you were... A child growing up in a place where you were looking within a spiritual context, maybe not religious, but perhaps, yeah, let's take it out of religion because most of the religions are highly patriarchal, the ones that have been um, around when we're around. And so they're still kind of contributing to this one male deity, savior, etc. But imagine there's a society where you grow up and you're asked from a young age, what is it that brings you joy? What brings you aliveness? Uh, What excites you? What are you drawn towards as a child? Um, And not having to make any conclusions about where that takes you. 
but just being in the exploration of that, of that joy and that bubbling over. Now, some of us got to have that, or some of us have passionate souls that were like, I am going to, despite the odds, not follow the path that would be the one that would be the easiest, right? Which would be perhaps easy in the practical, but not existentially or, or spiritually easy. But let's see for, for me, I'll give you an example. So I grew up in Georgia and in Georgia, you get to go to college for free, especially if you have, I think only if you had some sort of good grades. But so for me, I could have taken a path that was super simple and gotten to go to college for free if I went to an in-state Georgia school. Now, as a young woman, I was a hell no to that. My passionate soul was like, I need to get out of here. And my aliveness does not lie in going to the University of Georgia. Nothing wrong with the University of Georgia. If you went there, go Bulldogs, whatever. Um, <laughs> I haven't said that and thought of that in 20 years. But at the time, the passion in my soul and my aliveness had been stoked to the extent that I knew that I had to follow it. Now, for me, what stoked that aliveness? And I want you to think about for you, were there moments in life where your aliveness, the thing that the passion in your soul got stoked? And you might have heard me mention some of these before, but one of mine was when I went to New York City on a drama school field trip when I was 14. That was probably a huge turning point. Shout out to um, Bill Jury was my drama teacher in high school. He was an incredible man. I am not sure if he's still with us, but he was incredible, incredible man. Um, and for me to have the opportunity to go to New York City and to feel that something in my soul was felt seen and enlivened. And I say soul because it was in this deep place. I I wouldn't have been able to explain it to you at the time or or put it into any kind of practical languaging. So I want you to think back in your life, like, have you had an experience or did you have any formative experiences when you were younger where you felt some sort of an internal aliveness get turned up? Maybe you were at a concert, one of your first concerts. Maybe it was a first kiss that you had. But looking to one of these seminal moments that gave an indication of who you are on a soul level, because besides that, there's so much conditioning. So you don't know who you are yet. Because there's so much conditioning, people saying you need to look a certain way and dress your hair in a certain way and wear your makeup in a certain way. And you need to listen to this kind of music and you need to shop at these type of stores and you need to say these certain words that are the cool words, which I still say cool because I'm a 90s person. Um, so you don't know who you are. And this is part of the beautiful growing up is that you get to go, oh, who am I? And you get to start peeling off the layers of your conditioning. For me, that started when I was 18, 19. But it's still something that I deal with every day. So for you, could it, it doesn't matter when it started. If it started yesterday, bravo. If it started 20 years ago, awesome. But the point is is that there are these moments in life where you start to recognize who you are. Not girl, boy, gay, straight, daughter, whatever. But you start to get a clue of who you are underneath the meat suit of your human. And this to me is where things get really fucking interesting. And you're like, oh, 
something in me just got a little electric buzz, a little awake, a little alive. That's me, right? You see yourself in a painting, in a movie, in a song, right? You see yourself in a poem, and then you know yourself more deeply. And this leads to you knowing what the legacy is that you want to leave with your existence. This leads to you breaking out of the mindset that you're here to do this thing that you saw on Nickelodeon or, I don't know, uh, Leave it to Beaver or Full House to have a cute family who eats dinner together every night and, you know, makes silly jokes. But was there any through line of spiritual ground in any of that? Hell no. Was there any awareness about the greater collective experience about the past and the um, atrocities that were committed in our country? No. So all of that is fake, fake to me. I may sound judgy or harsh, but to me, it's fake. It was a, a song and dance about what it means to be an American, right? Or what it means to be a modern person, let's say. So once all of that illusion gets shattered, then we get to orient towards our lives, however we want to orient. For me, it's finding the spiritual compass and seeing my existence as some sort of a possibility of healing, of prayer, of ritual, of repair. And so I get to either be a part of that legacy that is my deep existence, or I don't, or I betray my soul by staying in this mundane, trying to look a certain way and make a certain amount and keep up with the Joneses and keep up with the cuties on IG, or I choose to follow my inner compass and not care what everyone else thinks, but to listen and to follow the truth of what my legacy wants to be. And if it's not popular or in vogue at a certain period of time, I do not betray myself to try to be popular or in vogue. I stay with the thread of my soul. And this, to me, when I feel humans who have devoted their lives to living within that great dharmic prayer of their own legacy, of their own soul's journey, they feel so true. They do not feel trendy. They do not feel mm, empty. They feel true. Now, no one is perfect. So even those people get swayed and get wobbly and have insecurities. I'm one of those people. I have Tons of insecurities. I think, oh, I'm not doing enough. Oh, I don't have anything interesting to say right now, etc. But at my core, I trust this inner compass that I started listening to decades ago that says, you are here to live out this legacy, to be a part of this healing. Don't forget it. Your existence can be super casual, and some days it is. Look, I watched some good TV shows this weekend. 
But that doesn't mean that I'm losing track of what the hell I'm doing on this planet. I think that we're here on a golden ticket, like Willy Wonka, but way cooler and way less creepy. But I see us here on this golden ticket. There may be so many souls waiting in line to come here. I don't know exactly, but it could be. And you're here. And you get to sit around just being grumpy about it and twiddling away on your phone and looking at other people's lives, or you get to claim your legacy and stand in your hearts knowing your legacy may be spreading beauty, the beauty of the goddess everywhere you go. Your legacy may be super private behind the scenes, taking care, supporting people. I, it, there is no better or worse. And that's just another part of the capitalist lie, that there is a legacy or a duty or a life that is better or worse. And this is part of this sickness in our culture around fame and celebrity, because we see that as more important than us. And it is not. It is not. It is all part of this beautiful song and dance. And there's so much fun and joy and glamour and pageantry to it. And keep your feet on the ground and see, make sure that you don't lose track of that that's part of a show. When I work with women and I see them so stuck in their heads about if they're doing it right, if they're doing it wrong, what should they share? What should they not share? What should they write? What should they not write? They're not ready to put their their make their blog, their Substack, their social media, their podcast. They're not ready. Someone's going to be judging them. Their family might not like it. I have to say, hey, and I pull them into the moment. I pull them out of all of that noise into the body. And into the greater conversation with their soul. This to me is some of my favorite work to do with people, with women. I work with women especially. Is to help cut away all of that fear-based clutter. And to center a woman in her heart, in her roots, in her pelvic bowl, in her own desires, in her own pleasures. and in her own prayer for her life, her own daily ritual for her existence. That is connecting her with her divine thread so that none of this is just kind of, oh, because I need to achieve some goals. No, no, no. It's a daily prayer. I'm here to support humanity's heart opening. I'm here to help people wake up from the lies they've been sold, whatever it is. And there's a thread here, which is passion. And it's interesting. I was just saying in, in my mastermind group the other day, passion can have a bad rap, especially with the Buddhists. (laughs) So, you know, equanimity and kind of having this, uh, less hot textured uh, temperature is, um, something that I would say in a very kind of flattened way would be more um, acceptable there. However, I feel like it's almost like first you got to get things boiling and heated up and then you can turn the heat down. Then you can learn to moderate the heat. But first, if you've never found that heat, you need to find the heat and you need to feel the heat in your body. 
And so there's something to finding the passion, finding what your passion are, what your passions are. It's so important to not forget this and not to get swept up in all the day-to-day of life because the day-to-day of life is huge. Look, we're always going through things. Family members are ill. We have to move. Our car got hit, whatever. There's always stuff, paperwork, taxes, insurance, blah. It's intense. But we can let all of that swallow us, which is part of probably its purpose. It's part of this greater machine that we're uh, enlisted into, which keeps us bogged down. And I don't mean that in some sort of like a sinister way, but it's just a consequence of the society that we live in and that we have to figure everything out on our own and that there isn't a real sense of community or village unless we really create it. And even then it's really hard. I do find that You know, I live in a place that I've lived for the last two years, and I came here from LA where I had established so many deep friendships and relationships, and establishing community and keeping up with community is can be hard because everyone is busy. You sometimes don't get to make a time to see someone for two months. So there's not always the consistency. And it may be different where you live and in your own community. But I do find in some of the cities and some of the groups that I've run in, people are busy. People are traveling. People have a lot going on. So this thread of being held by our lives, we have to really, really create it. Because it's not as natural as perhaps it was at other times in in history. So we have to create that. So creating your own community or being a part of a community that you can count on for a certain amount of time is so important. This is why I do the groups that I do. Because I love having and creating consistent support, feedback, ritual, practice for women. Because if we just look around our lives and we rely on, I mean, I've tried to get be a part of so many different women's circles that are really hard to pin down. And if you're part of a women's circle that seems like it's really consistent and it's happening for years, uh, fucking amazing. Keep it. And don't move away from it because we absolutely need that. So how do you hone in on what the legacy is that you want to leave, that you want to give at this time? And how do you allow yourself the breadth to understand that that might change, but that that does not mean you shouldn't be giving it now. You shouldn't be exploring it now. What is holding you back from that? Just ask yourself right now. You may be like, damn girl, that's a big question. And that's fine. But what would be holding you back? Or, because I know I have some amazing people that listen to this podcast, you may say, well, I'm actually really working on it every day. I'm doing my dharma. And for you, I would say, well, what is hindering you from taking it to the next level? From being deeply praised, celebrated, and seen in it, and paid for it. Because this, again, once you have found the thing that lights you up, once you have discovered your heart and soul gifts, 
that's a whole piece of the journey, right? And then once you start giving them, that's a whole nother piece of the journey. And it can be equally as scary, intimidating, disheartening, and so, and exciting, <laughs> right? And enlivening. And so what, what, where are you at? Let's just do a little temperature check and assessment. Where are you at in that journey? Are you like, I haven't even found the passion. I get so confused, overwhelmed. I don't know how to choose. Are you, okay, I'm giving my passion, but I want more. I want praise. I want to be seen and I want to be paid for it. Or are you, I'm fucking killing it. Doing a great job. I love it. Or are you, I just let it all go and I'm about to start over. So those are just like a few little places on the path. Just take a minute and consider where you are. Just so you can feel that a little bit. And just know wherever you are is great. It's fine. It's beautiful. But what's important is that you don't just be there and not give any energy to it. What's important is that you acknowledge it. Okay. I need help finding what these passions are, what this legacy is. Great. Or I need help considering what can take my work from this level to the next level. I'm ready. Great. Or I just released a whole identity, whole work that I had created for years, and now it's time to restart. All of that is beautiful because you're listening. And I would say that then the next piece is like, well, what do you need? in order to fully show up to this moment. Because the the comfortable thing is going to keep beckoning you. It's going to be like, just keep doing this. Just keep doing this little comfortable thing. You don't need to do anything else. You don't need to grow. Like you don't need to have any big dreams. So that that that's going to that little voice is going to beckon to you unless you are one of those sexy beasts out there who's like, "Hell no, I never listened to that voice." I'm sure there's some of you who are listening. <laughs> You're amazing. But if that voice does back into you, then what would you need to stop listening? Do you need an a crew of fucking badass women at your side? Do you need a mentor? Do you need, what do you need? I don't know what you need. Another thing I would say is how do you start training yourself to listen to your desires and to stop censoring your desires, to stop telling yourself that your desires are too much, too big, too hungry, too wild? What does that look like? How do you start retraining yourself to have big dreams and big desires? Because you know what? There's no one who's allowed to tell you your desire is too big or too lofty or too out there. When women show up to my groups and masterminds, some people come with huge desires. And I'm like, fuck, yes. Yes. They come with big dreams, big goals. And I love hearing that because that is what I want us to all make space for each other with. Not to assume that we can't achieve a certain thing or receive a certain thing or call in a certain thing, but that we can and that it's so fun and it can be so beautiful and juicy. And also that we can be deeply celebrated for wherever we are in the path. Wherever you are on that path, that you can be celebrated. As long as you are exploring, as long as you're not just stagnant, but you're, you're taking steps, then let yourself celebrate those steps. 
It's like, hey, I don't know where my passion is right now or what my legacy is, but here's all these ways that I'm I'm just like, oh, juicily, like mm, deliciously exploring it. Yes, let us celebrate you for that. But you just pretending like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm just doing what I'm doing until I know. Well, that's not going to work. Sorry. You're going to need to get a little vulnerable and get a little skin in the game because that's where the magic happens. Have to have a little skin in the game. We have to be playing with big dreams, big desires, facing big shadows and internal core wounds. And that's another piece. Guess what? The healing happens. Because as you allow yourself to claim what you truly want from your life, all of the reasons why you're not allowed to have it, shouldn't have it, can't have it, don't deserve it, will come forward. And you get to love them and hold them. And you get to be seen by other women and they get to look at you and say, wow, I see you in that feeling that you're unworthy of this. And I'm seeing you and I'm holding you here. And you get to cry, you get to be held, and you get to continue moving forward. And that is fucking magical. So you get to decide if your soul's work on this planet is just a job doing things or if it's a daily devotional and spiritual practice. It's not work. And this takes you from burnout, from exhaustion, from taking it all so personally, and it creates sustainability, longevity, resilience. And it's so beautiful. So I want to support you in that, whether it's just here listening to this podcast or whether you want to join me in my next mastermind group, The Bloom. We're going to be gathering in Zion, Utah for a very small private immersion the top of May. And then we'll have, we have online labs. They're three hours long every two weeks for three months. You come, you workshop material. I bring you through all kinds of practices and processes and experiences. You do embodied practice, sensual practice, and you get seen and held and celebrated by other women. And you will get to transform your relationship to what your gifts are in the world from being something that is like, oh, my work, my job. I don't know, or whatever, to this is my deepest daily spiritual work. How do I give my heart forward as a devotional act? How can I have so much fun with it and be creative with it and make it this thing that's full of beauty and pleasure for me and love or whatever it is that you want to fill it with? So this is how... We change the world, my loves. We stop showing up to life as just like a task where we have a job and we do all of the things that they taught us to do. We reclaim our existence in this way and we hold it from the spiritual thread. To me, it makes life way better. Oh my God. And it makes it just feel so much. It's like I don't have to carry the load on my own. There's just a deeper there's this deeper web that I'm a part of, of, of people that are 
bringing things forward in this planet. And I will say, everyone's doing it in different ways. So just because someone in another country may not be saying, here, I'm helping with this healing. They may be, you know, doing it in a whole other equally beautiful way. But for you, if you grew up in the Western mindset, it may be a stretch for you to consider that your existence is far more than just your job or your vocation or your role as mother, daughter, wife, etc. But that it's the way you give your heart's gifts to the world. And that this, when you're devoted to it, is so gorgeous and so magnetic. And also when you do it in community, not alone, it is so much more powerful and it helps it stick so much more for you so that you don't just make one little step and then two steps back, but that you're actually continuing to step forward. The legacy you leave is how you make people feel, what you stir, what you awaken. This is the expression of the feminine soul in all its wild, holy, bloody, gory. Glory. Mm, Gory, glory. I wrote that and I wanted to read that because I believe that. So anyway, if you're called to join us, my mastermind group, The Bloom, May, June, July, it's going to be a gorgeous group. It's an incredible time of the year. It's the time for your blossoming. It's the time for your opening. Really feel into where you could take your work next level. I will not let you off the hook, my love. I am here to support you in that, to accelerate you in your work in the world. This will be an accelerator. Different for different people in different ways. Energetically, you may have to do some purification, some cleaning out, some releasing, some shedding. You may have to rethink how you stand, how you share. But I tell you, you will leave this experience feeling clear and confident and more deeply connected to who you are on that soul level and what you're here to give. So we have our immersion in person. We have our two labs per month, which are three-hour workshops. We have, um, we have small groups where women meet. And then we have our circle online daily chat group where you can be in connection with me every day. Every day, I'm with you. And I love it. I really do. I really love it. I have to refrain from doing it on the weekends because (laughs) otherwise I just would. I would just go in there and just keep giving feedback and reading things. But I also have to let myself have room for my creative projects. And so, um, but Monday through Friday, I'm just available for you as part of the mastermind. And I love it. You also get inner circle access to my online courses and trainings, options to add one-on-one monthly sessions with me, options to add on Radical Awakenings membership. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about this next group. We're going to be in Zion um, and practicing, going into ritual and prayer in this beautiful cave. We're going to be workshopping material. You'll have the opportunity to stand in front of the group and tell us who you are and what you're up to. We'll hold you. We'll love you. And we'll support you in whatever the phase is of your own gifting. So if you're interested, you can set up an intro call with me. Please, serious inquiries only. I had someone last week who set up an intro call, just wanted to have a a chat with me. (laughs) 
which, you know, I'm like, okay, baby. Okay. Okay. You know, she wanted to take a picture, but that's, it's always cute to have a fan moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, please set up an intro call. If you're interested, if you're really like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to invest in myself. It's time. I could sit around trying to get myself to the next level for a while, or I could have some support. Look, I've said it before. I've had to invest and I do invest in myself constantly because I'm worth it. And it means I have to work to do that. It means I have to save money to do that. And at times in the past, it's meant that I had to put it on a credit card. I don't recommend that. I'm not saying that everyone should do that. But there were times where I made that choice, whether it was for my art that I was creating or whatever. I have been an investor in myself from from feast or famine for a long time. And I do not regret a thing. Nowadays, I have creative support. I have emotional, spiritual support. And I give that to others. So I make sure I have it for myself. So if you're one of those women and you give a lot and you hold a lot for others, come let yourself be held. Give yourself that gift. And um, I'd love to see you. I'd love to get to know you. All right, my dear, whether or not... Um, we meet in person. I would love to connect with you on Instagram, over email. Drop me a line. Let me know what stood out for you in this podcast. If anything was of benefit, please please leave a review. I don't know how to get y'all to write reviews because I see the stats on how many people listen to my podcast and it's thousands of people, but you're not writing reviews. And there is something to getting partnerships for getting having reviews. So help a sister out. Right now, I pay for this podcast out of pocket, which is my own marketing material. So it's all good. Um, but I would love your review. Okay. Have an amazing day. Thanks for tuning in. All my love. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.